Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat. And it's Monday, mano a mano Monday. That can only mean one thing, and that means that I'm with my brother KT. K.O. Kenny. What's good, Kenny? Nothing much. We back. We back from New York with the smack and the smoke. Let's go. This is 100% true. And uh, I actually had a busy day today, Kenny, because I went down to Taos in Chelsea to attend the Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin numero tres number three fight press conference. And we're going to get into that in a moment. All right, but before we get into that, we're going to obviously have to review some of that action that took place this past weekend. We're going to give it a little bit of a no-cap style with my brother K.O. Kenny. We're going to review uh, the performances, really, of the night uh, on, on Saturday. And I'm talking about, well, two things, really. I'm talking about Bam Rodriguez, all right? And I'm also talking about somebody that Kenny definitely wants to talk about. All right, I'm talking about the unified champion at 122 pounds, Mr. Akmagdaliev himself. All right, MJ Akmagdaliev. All right, so Kenny, why don't we take it? Why don't we start with that? Why don't we talk about your boy MJ Akmagdaliev because he was in action defending his unified 122 pound championship of the world. Of the world. All right, Akmagdaliev, Daliev, or I should say, actually, it's Akmagdaliev, Akmagdaliev. All right, shout, shout out to David Diamante, by the way. Ding the bell for David Diamante, because I saw David at, at, at Taos in Manhattan today, too, and I had a nice conversation with him. But, yeah, MJ Akmagdaliev, Kenny, he, he you know, you, you expected him essentially to blow out um, his opponent Saturday. And I want you to give me your thoughts on that performance to kick off mano a mano today. Go for it, Kenny. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think his opponent was Ronnie Reels. But look, Akhmadadiev, I thought he looked nice, right? Look, looked a little stylistic. He he had a good gas tank on him, right? But he did get caught by quite a few good shots by that he probably shouldn't have gotten caught by. He was pressing the action. He was in the back on the back foot as well for certain points of the fight. I just expected this to be more of a landslide fight, and it wasn't. Uh, he did win, uh, and there was a TKO that was like, you know. Twelfth round. Yeah, was it 12 round? The 12th round final round, yes, against Ronnie Rios, who went into the yeah, fight 33-3. Yeah. Um, you know, his trainer was doing his best to keep him motivated, but he just seemed like a guy to me, Kenny, that was outgunned, uh, outskilled, and was fighting a guy that's really a lot better than him in terms of merged on Akhmadali of 11 and Oh, now with eight KOs, I, I felt that he comfortably outboxed him. He he had a hand injury, but w- what are your thoughts on him in terms of being, uh, it, you know, potentially the undisputed champion at 122 pounds? Because to do that, he's going to take on, he's going to have to take on Stephen Fulton Jr. Yes, correct. Look, the people, I don't know how anybody could think that MJ Akhmadaliev has a chance against Stephen Fulton. People need to put some respect on Stephen Fulton and stop playing. Stephen Fulton will eat that man up, walk all over him. 
if MJ outboxed Ronnie Rios, the outbox the, the class in boxing that Stephen Fulton is gonna put on for MJ is gonna be crazy. Uh and it could even end in a knockout fashion. We we've seen Stephen Fulton put the foot on the gas. And I just think there's levels to this shit. And I don't think that MJ Akvadalia is on the level of Stephen Fulton. Those are two different levels. So let's let's talk about the levels, right? Uh inside fighting, who do you give the edge to? Stephen Fulton. Mid-range game, who do you give the 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 you know the credit to Stephen Fulton outside game Stephen Fulton defense Stephen Fulton offense Stephen Fulton chin it's hard to tell there you go all right you keep it Kenny's keeping it real as he always does I think it's going to be a really good fight personally um I do have to favor Stephen Fulton Jr. going into that fight because Look, they're a common opponent to me. Uh, you know, Danny Roman was comprehensively outboxed by Stephen Fulton Jr. And, you know, it was a relatively close fight with, with MJ Akmakdaliev. I know, you know, people don't always subscribe to triangle theory, but, you know, sometimes I, I actually do subscribe to triangle theory. Uh, you know, one thing I will say about MJ, apparently, is that he had a hurt hand. Uh, in in that fight, so he had to fight with a hurt hand, and he didn't really decide to turn it up, you know, to gas all the way on Max until the twelfth round, according to him, because he was worried about hurting his hand further. But he's like, well, it's the twelfth round; I might as well use it now. And if it hurts, it hurts, and I'll just deal with it after the fight and recover. So there was that, and um, there was also a lot of MJ music being played. I'm not a big fan of MJ. I'm not a big fan of. of guys that have done and been accused and alleged to have done the things that the other MJ did. But his music was being played nonstop throughout the fight, which was a little bit of of a distraction for your boy. But uh, moving on, um, you know, uh, Nando, shout out to Nando, by the way. He wants us to talk about grit. Uh, Yeah, McDaliev definitely has grit once you include the hand injury uh, as part of the equation. And Hiram is also pointing out as well that, you know, he fought through adversity. So there is that as well. It doesn't dissuade me from wanting to see the fight. I definitely want to see MJ Akmagdaliev against Stephen Fulton Jr. for all the marbles at 122 pounds. And um, I don't mind if it's on Showtime because I'm a subscriber. I also don't mind if it's on the zone because I'm a subscriber. Just don't put it on pay-per-view. Because we're going to get into the year of the pay-per-view in a moment. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, uh, you know, just keep it on regular showtime. Keep it on the zone. You know, don't ask us to put in that extra dollar or, or $75 or whatever the case may be towards a pay-per-view that, it, uh, you know, I would obviously buy in the end, but that I wouldn't be too happy about, about paying for when I think it should be a regular TV fight. So... Uh, shout out to Nando because I had a little bit of a discussion with Nando on Saturday night. You know, I, going into this fight with uh, Bam Bam, or I think it's just Bam uh, Rodriguez and uh, Sit Ratsor Rungvisai, I felt that a lot of people weren't giving a lot of respect to Sit Ratsor Rungvisai. I thought a lot of people, Kenny, weren't putting enough respect on the man's name. A man who going into this fight. I never even seen really hurt in a fight at at one fifteen. I, 
I'd see them really hurt people at 115. Two wins over Chuggalatito, a win over Estrada, a multiple-time world champion. And, you know, I, I expected him, honestly, to be the bigger, harder puncher in there. And you know what happened? They got into the ring, and if anything, it looked like Bam Rodriguez was the bigger man. And Bam Rodriguez was the guy with the power shots. I was not expecting that. So, you know, I'm going to have to take one of these because I definitely uh, got that one wrong. Shout out to Nando, okay, because he he was a lot closer in terms of how that fight would go than I was. And honestly, I, I didn't see that kind of a, you know, one-sided beatdown of such a, you know, a, 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 a good or if not great fighter with those type of a, of a res- with that type of a resume under him, Kenny. Um, I was actually shocked. And I got to give full, full praise to Bam because this is a guy who two fights ago, Kenny, was fighting at 108 pounds and now has back-to-back dominant wins at 115. And I interviewed Eddie Hearn today. Uh, it's going to go up on the channel. You guys could check it out. And he pretty much said that his entire team says he can still weigh in at 108. He can still go back down and fight at 108. So, you know, if if I'm managing, if Maestro management is involved, Kenny, right? And we partner up KT promotions, Maestro promotions, Maestro management. I'm advising him to go down to 108, pick up a pick up a trinket, because you know everybody these days they love the weight jumping, Kenny. They want to see multiple times at multiple weights. So why don't you just play the game, right? Pick up a belt at 108. Pick up a belt at at at, at 112. You know, and and then return to, to to your glory at 115. But talk to me, Kenny, about Bam Rodriguez. I think he's a star. I think he's got potential to do box office if they just keep him at that arena in San Antonio. But wh- what are your thoughts on Bam? I think the kid is great, bro. He's he's a great boxer. His the angles that he was showing. Uh, looks like he's definitely uh learning a little bit of the Lomachenko sidestep. And the angles that Lomachenko be giving him, giving other fighters, I saw him do it fairly often, step on the outside of the foot and then throw the opposite hand right down the fucking pipe. Uh, very effective. The kid is extremely skilled. Have to give props to Robert Garcia, showing me that maybe his his uh, training ability is, is much higher than I, than I thought. And maybe we'll see some things with Anthony Joshua. But, uh, man, big bam. Big fucking bam. Knocked that man the fuck out and didn't even look like he was hurt at any point himself by any of the punches that Sorong Basai had coming at him. Super impressive. And I'm extremely impressed by the way he handled everything, how humble he was. The fact that, you know, he won and he didn't go out there acting crazy like a crazy champ. Like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm the great. Nah, he was mad humble. He was emotional, cried. And then after all of that, you know, he did his whole champion thing when he spoke on the mic. He wasn't talking all that hot shit. He was answering the questions straightforward, very professionally impressed. Very impressed by the kid's boxing ability, the angles he showed, the improvement that he showed from last fight, the fact that he didn't get tagged like that this fight. Stopped the man earlier than he did uh, stop the man last fight. And this opponent is so wrong beside is a more difficult opponent than, uh, what damn, Kessin Braveheart of the name, uh, than, than Bam's last opponent. No, uh, you're talking about Carlos Quadras. And there we go. I mean, his accolades are higher. I mean, this is a guy that beat that beat Chocolatito twice. 
you know, I was at the first fight in the garden. It was a little bit controversial to some, but he came back and he proved that he was the better fighter in the rematch by absolutely destroying Chocolatito. People felt that Chocolatito's career was over after that fight. And now Chocolatito has come back, but I mean, it just shows you the kind of level that Sitratso Rungvasai was at. Now, some people might say, well, you know, Maestro, there was a little bit of, of ring rust there. You know, he had been inactive a little bit over the course of the last uh, a few years with the pandemic and everything before that. But at the end of the day, he showed up to fight and he got thoroughly dominated by Bam, right? And Bam, you know, based on the dominance of this win, if you don't have him as the best guy at 115, he can't be too far off of that. He's definitely top three because you think about the guys that are in that discussion, you're talking about Bam, you're talking about Chocolatito, and you're talking about Estrada. Now, Chocolatito and Estrada are supposed to uh, fight each other in, in another fight. And then, obviously, the other guy in the equation there is a guy that nobody ever really talks about. I asked Eddie Hearn about him today. And, again, the interview is going to go up after tonight's show. I asked Eddie Hearn about Kazuto Ioka, and specifically if there's anything preventing Ioka from being able to fight on the zone. And he said, no, there isn't. So, I mean, my question was, then why don't we have his fights on the zone? Because he had some great fights. He had the Tanaka fight. That wasn't on television here. And all of his fights since then haven't been on television here. And he's the other champion at 115 pounds. So, you know, if anything, that actually might be Bam's toughest opponent um, at this point. Uh, Kazuto Yoka has got a very difficult style to beat. And he's got one of the best trainers in his corner in Ismail Salas. Uh, tough, tough guy, tough, tough out for anybody. And that I'd like to see Kazuto Ioka in the mix with these other names. And especially since we're going to be seeing Estrada against Chogolatito, hopefully. All right. Uh, why not get uh, Kazuto Ioka involved if you are going to stay at 115, bam, you know, fight Ioka. But again, if Maestro Management is running that, that team, I, I, I'm going back down to 108 pounds. I'm winning a belt, you know, because it's all these days, Kenny, whenever I bring up somebody as being great, oh, well, my asthma, Baterbiev's not that great because Baterbiev hasn't gone up in weight classes. And, you know, he's only fought at one weight class. My Okay, well, yeah, I get that. But he's also a light heavyweight. There's really only one way to go from there, and it's 25 pounds north. But, I okay, whatever, you weight-jumping fanatics, okay? Well, why don't we appease the weight-jumping f- uh, fanatics, all right, and, and send the boy back down 108 pounds. Let him start collecting some trophies. Mute, Kenny. Pardon. I said, I'm all with you on that. I'm all for that. Uh, Hiram says, Bam versus Ray Martinez. I believe he's saying, for the WBC, I believe he's saying that at, for 112, at 112. That's a good fight. Uh, Big Bam, I think, wins that fairly easy, especially with what we've seen that Chocolatito did. To Ray Martinez, it is it is what it is. Uh, but yes, I'm 100% down for the jumping up and down in weight classes. I'm all for that. Uh, I, I I preach to always do that just because that's what everybody sees as great. And if you're going to be great, might as well beat the smaller and the bigger guys and whoever wants to fight. It should. Uh, that's why I be preaching about uh, towering towering inferno that he should go all the way up to heavyweight since he's six seven or six six or something like that. He can and he should. But yes, back to Big Bam. 
he should go to 108, then to 112, and then back to 115. Or if not, go to 112, fight for that WBC against El Rey, and then go right back to 115 and fight the winner of Estrada Chocolatito. Yeah, and I'm going to put up a poll for, for the chat here real quick. The three three options are, should Bam Rodriguez, one, stay at 115, two, go down to 112, or three, go back to 108? And I'm going to ask the community that while I get to the super chat, because we've got the super of supers over here. That's Mr. Nando. He's a day one. Nando Yamas. He says... Who's the biggest impediment to Bam's undisputed glory at 115? Um, Chocolatito, Ioka, Estrada, or his brother Joshua Franco? Good question. So uh, what I heard is that uh, he's not going to be staying at 115 pounds if it means fighting his brother. He said that he'd just vacate that title. If need be, he'll vacate that title. Uh, you know, but I, I think I, I was alluding to it earlier. I think his toughest test is Ioka, personally. I, I think he's definitely a better fighter than his brother who struggled with Maloney um, in a way that I wouldn't necessarily see Bam. He's just got more dimensions to him, I think. Uh, I, I also think he hits harder, but definitely his his work at angles, his in-and-out movement, his ability to go beast mode on the inside as well as fight from the outside, I think – that, that he's much more multidimensional than than his older brother, uh, Joshua Franco, in my opinion. But I think the toughest test is Kazuto Ioka Kenny. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I think he, I, I, with what I saw in these last two fights, I think he beats Chocolatito and Estrada. I, I'm going to have to go with you on Ioka, man. And he probably he beats probably beats him too. The kid growled. He just looks amazing. Yeah, you know it. It's it's uh, he's definitely up there uh, as as it relates to his abilities, and he's definitely shown me that he is a true one hundred and fifteen pounder. Because that was my issue going into the fight. I didn't think he was necessarily a true one hundred and fifteen pounder, um, but he definitely is. I mean, he looked bigger than Sorung Vasai in that fight. He did. Um, he's definitely a 115 pounder. Maybe he can, you know, squeeze himself down to 108 again if you believe his camp. But he's established himself to me, at least, as a fully fledged 115 pounder. And the fight for me, if he stays at 115, is Kazuto Ioka. And it looks like the majority of people here think that he should stay at 115. Um, you know, second was go back down to or go down to 112 and far, far. Below that was go down to 108. Uh, any last words on Bam Rodriguez, Kenny, before we get into the whole pay-per-view discussion? Uh, if I'm correct, I believe that uh, Bam Rodriguez is taller than uh, Sorung Vasai. I was trying to find that right now, but I do believe he is taller than Sorung Vasai. He looks taller on the fight night. Yeah, which which makes sense that yo he is a true hundred and fifteen pounder. If so Rungvasai can do it, then hey, he's doing it and even better. So yeah, that's it. Final words: Big Bam, Big Bam, Big respect for Big Bam, Big Bam, Bam Bam, like the Flintstones. And uh, salute to pugilism, salute to Juan, salute to Alex G, and to my father is Batman. He says, imagine if he captures all the belts at one fifteen and becomes undisputed. 
that would be a legendary career. Absolutely. But as would it be if he went to 108, 112, and then came back to 150. Just, I'm just saying. I know I lost. I know I lost that argument with the chat, but we're gonna keep it going. So, you know, Kenny, before before the the we we went on there, I said I wanted to talk about this pay per view situation because we're in an environment right now in the sport of boxing where at least if you're here in the U.S. and Canada as well, you're supposed to pay bucks now. It's like pretty much expected. For like the, it's almost starting to feel like the majority of fights. It all started with this year with Luis Ortiz taking on Prince Charles Martin. I bought the pay per view. All right. That was a, but I still did it because I have to. You know, I get these super chats. I got to reinvest back into my coverage of the sport. So I did that. All right. And it's been pay per view after pay per view after pay per view since. All right. You know, uh, whether it's these fight TV cards out of England that, that get shown on pay-per-view over here on fight TV, right? Uh, one of those was the uh, Eubank Jr. card, to give it as an example, right? When he when he thought, uh, fought uh, Liam, um, what's his name? I don't even remember the dude. Liam uh, something or another. It, it shouldn't have even been on pay-per-view. The same dude that fought, that fought Boo Boo Andrade. I can't believe I can't remember his name, but I'm sorry I can't. I got to take that. All right. I'm terrible uh, with names, so I can't help you. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it, and I know the chat will help me out. All right? Uh, the Welsh fighter. All right, then we we get now to a situation where Andy Ruiz is coming back, all right? And he's going to be taking on Lewis, Liam Williams. Thank you. Thank you, Hiram. Liam Williams. There you go. Um, Andy Ruiz Jr. is going to be taking on Luis Ortiz. Who would have thought that Luis Ortiz would have fought twice on pay-per-view in 2022? But apparently that's where we are right now, where if you want to watch Luis Ortiz fight, he's a pay-per-view fighter, and you got to pay bucks to see him on pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, We also have Jake Paul taking on Tommy Fury. That's a pay-per-view fight. And then we also, of course have The Zone, which before was not a pay-per-view outlet, putting on their second pay-per-view, which is another Canelo fight on pay-per-view, which is the Canelo Triple G3 fight. Pay-per-view, Kenny. Um, should should we be critical of these fights being on pay-per-view or should we just accept that like this is the nature of the game right now and it's part of it and it's this just comes... Part and parcel with being a boxing fan. $75, $75, $75. Maybe you'll get away with a $50 if it's a Lewis Ortiz pay-per-view, but here we go, Kenny. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? We should definitely be complaining. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, Having to pay for Lewis Ortiz versus Charles Martin and now Lewis Ortiz versus Fat Boy. You know, I'm not with it. I, I, I like. I'm just going to do what a man should do when he's not trying to throw his money away and he wants to invest in other things. And that is, we're going to uh, stream that motherfucker. No, I'm going I'm going to tell you, nigga like me. No, man. Louis Ortiz versus Ruiz, Andy Ruiz. I'm good. I'm not a fan of either. I'm going to watch the fight because that's, that's what I do. I got to talk my shit here. I'm going to watch the fight. But look, paying for it, for that? No, that's just disrespectful. Now, the, you mentioned Canelo Triple G3. 
that's something else. That's not disrespectful. You know, I understand how that can be a pay-per-view, but you you get flat out disrespectful when you talk about Lewis Ortiz two times in one year pay-per-view. Get get out of here. I can't waste my money. That be that that would be me throwing my money away. I'm sorry. We're we're now in a situation where Lewis Ortiz is a pay-per-view fighter. Right. Tank Davis is a pay-per-view fighter defending the Reggie belt. I mean, at least I guess it's a Reggie belt. I mean, what exactly is on the line between Luis Ortiz and Andy Ruiz Jr.? Bragging rights for being the second best heavyweight in the PBC behind Wilder? Are they being that's pay-per-view? I mean, it, it's it's insanity. But look, let, let's pivot real quick to this other pay-per-view and the press conference for this one's coming up this Wednesday at Madison Square Garden. I'm going to be over there. Uh, Kenny, if if you can make it down, maybe you'll want to attend as well. But we got Jake Paul taking on Tommy Fury. Let's check this out, courtesy of Marcos Villegas and Fight Hub TV. Here we go. Yet again, I wake up this morning to another text from my manager saying that Tommy Fury is pulling out of the fight. We agreed to all of the terms. Everything is ready to go. We're 45 days away from the fight. We agreed to his $2 million purse. We agreed to Vada testing, extra flights, extra rooms, extra tickets to the fight. We're scheduled to have a press conference next week in New York. His whole entire team was like, yeah, everything's good. We're signing the contract today. Today. It kept on getting pushed. It kept on getting pushed till now. What's the excuse? Oh, I can't come and I can't do it because my dad can't be there with me during the fight. Well, Tommy, your dad has been banned from the United States for 15 years. You've known this the whole entire time. He's a criminal. He's not allowed in. When he fought Anthony Taylor in Cleveland, Neither Tyson nor your dad were there with you in your U.S. debut. And now all of a sudden you need your team with you? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I will agree to not have my team around me during the fight week. I will agree to not fight with my coaches in my corner. We can both fight solo, dolo, just like Devin Haney was going to do against George Cambosos. This is what real boxers do. This is what real boxers, they make fights fucking happen. You're scared. You claim you're a professional boxer, but you don't want to make the fight with me, who you've talked so much shit about, who you said you will spark, who you say I'm nothing compared to you. Where's all that shit talk now, Tommy? You're a fucking atypical professional boxer who doesn't want to make this fight actually fucking happen. This is the biggest opportunity of your fucking life, and you're fumbling the fucking bag once again, and I can't believe how fucking stupid you are. Fucking idiot. Quick video. People's mentioning me saying I'm uh, saying that there's. So there you go. That was Tommy Fury's uh, side of the story. What uh, prior to the fight being signed? What I am going to say about this, Kenny, is that it may not be a pay per view style fight in terms of their accomplishments, but Jake Paul, he's a master salesman. He's a master promoter, and I give him credit for arranging this fight. Uh, because they've been asking for him to take on a quote-unquote real boxer, right? Well, Tommy Fury, I believe he's 8-0, and right? Which is more uh, experience in Jake as, as a professional. Uh, what, rate your level of interest in this fight, Kenny. Oh, I'd be very interested. Not pay-per-view interested, but I'd be very interested because I want to see if somebody's actually going to get hurt in this fight. Is It is... Uh, the 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 pretty boy fury not great boxer fury gonna get knocked out or is jake paul gonna be shown to be a fraud in the sport of boxing we were gonna we're gonna find something out so i'm definitely interested but i'm not pay-per-view interested 
Well, there you go. Well, maybe you'll get a little bit more interested when you, you know, see see Big John Fury, Kenny. Because I know you're a fan of Big John Fury. You're 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 a big nah. fan of Big John. Nah. You're a big John. Let's hear Big John has to say. Negotiations in place for Tommy to fight this clown from overseas. It's not true. I'm having nothing to do with this at all. It's a pile of shit. You know, I don't like anybody what's associated to those people over there. They're nothing but a pack of tossers, YouTubers, and I'm not interested in it one bit in any way, shape, or form. So, people, hear this. Don't keep using my name saying, I'm saying this and I'm saying that because it's not true. I want nothing to do with this farce at all. Not now, not ever. Have a pleasant evening. Thank you so much for watching. I find that funny because wasn't he like talking up the fight prior to this? I mean, I I thought he was. So, look. I, I think that they've maybe they're starting to realize that they're a little bit in over their heads. You know, apparently they put up a one million dollar bet, Team Fury versus Team Paul, and uh, I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing this, Kenny. And believe it or not, I mean we're both in New York City. I, I'm actually interested in going to this fight. What about you, babe? Depends on the price. You know, what I'm saying depends on the price. I pay pay per view money to go to the to see the fight live. But if it goes anything crazier than pay per view money to go see the fight live, then you know I'm gonna be rethinking that situation. I, I'm wise with the way that I spend my money. I, I got investments. You know, I rather rather be wise and enjoy myself in something that's maybe a little more worth it. Mute. You're on mute. There you go. Yeah. So, look, I'm going to ask you to look at these two fights. Tell me which one you're more interested in, right? And keep it real. I know Kenny's mm-hmm. always about no cap, but somebody's calling you out for saying you're going to be there. KTKO Kenny, no cap boxing recap. Are you more interested in Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz, or Tommy Fury, Jake Paul? Let me know. Oh, Tommy Fury, Jake Paul, hands down. You're casual. I I I don't I, I I really don't give a damn about either Lewis Ortiz or Andy Ruiz. I don't care about any of them. They Lewis Ortiz is is a guy who should be retired right now. Who looked like he was gonna have some type of asthma attack during his fight against Charles Martin, which he won by luck with a knockout because Charles Martin apparently is a terrible boxer. Uh, but let me not bring people down. That's not my style. Uh, but Ruiz hasn't fought anybody. He hasn't done anything. He either one fight a year, maybe. I don't know. He'd be out here training people. Hasn't done anything great since Anthony Joshua. It's been slow since Anthony Joshua, and I'm just not interested in anything that Andy Ruiz got. Plus, that last fight, it, it was too close. So he could have potentially lost that fight, you know, but whatever. Your vote is for... Fury versus Paul. I'm, I was obviously joking. Uh, I'm I'm go. I'm more interested in that fight as well. It's not even just because it's in New York City. I'm just not interested in Luis Ortiz. He's not going to be a heavyweight champion. He got two attempts at it, and he lost both times against Deontay Wilder. I don't see him beating Usyk. I don't see him beating Fury. You know, and to be quite frank, I, you know. Even if he beats Andy Ruiz Jr., I don't see him as heavyweight championship material, you know. And right now, 
I don't see Andy Ruiz as heavyweight champion material either. So it, it's it's kind of like a loser leaves town, a kind of loser leaves PBC, I guess, more, more uh, appropriately said, fight within the PBC. But, I mean, the idea of this being on pay-per-view is kind of absurd to me because they're not even bringing the kind of entertainment and theatrics outside the ring like a like a Jake Paul, you know. And and you know he's going to be clowning the shit out of Tommy Fury if he wins that fight. So, look, just off of entertainment, I'm with you. I'm going with Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. But I'm going to let the chat, uh, the, the, the chat, the chat uh, discuss that one as well. While I bring in a caller. Uh, let's see who we got over here. Hold on, caller. I actually didn't open up the phone lines just yet. So let me actually bring you back in a moment um, while I do that. Benny, last thoughts. Kenny, go for it. Nah, just uh, you said that the Luis Ortiz Ruiz fight is a loser leave to- leaves town sort of situation. But will the loser actually leave town? Will the loser retire? Will the loser leave BBC? Is that actually going to happen or are they going to continue money grabbing? I think they're probably going to continue money grabbing. That's my opinion. What do you think? I mean, honestly, I don't see a way back for Luis Ortiz if Luis Ortiz loses. I just don't. Um, I potentially see a way back for Andy Ruiz because he's younger. Uh, but, I mean, that's about it, really. You know, I, I, I'm i not really seeing anything other than that. Let's see who we got here. We got 846 on the line. Let's see if we can pick them up and see what they're saying. Just calling them back because I missed the call. I actually hadn't opened up the phone lines, but... People are eager. That's good. 646, you're live. 646. <laughs> <laughs> no. This has got, got to be Bruce Buffer's number one fan, Mr. Ike Feldman. Ding the bell for Ike Feldman. I know Ike loves the bell. What's going on, Ike? You are chilling in the gym, my friend. You're looking tough. He's Thank you, bro. Respect, man. Thank you. But I had to call you to the carpet for this. <laughs> man, I no, man. I had no idea Bruce Buffer had this kind of a fan base, to be honest with you. So... Um, I got to defend my boy. You're, you're on Twitter sending some 2008 clip of him in the in the square circle. Get that out of here, man. Get, give me the give me the cage rage for Mr. Bruce Buffer. But it is all love. Uh, I'm learning uh, the sport, uh, the sweet times from you guys. I really appreciate uh, in any capacity just being a part of you guys. Your, your lovely journey each and every Monday. Appreciate that. No? Thank you. Give me your thoughts on on this Jake Paul fight with with Tommy Fury. Uh, is that something that interests you? Your, your boy Ariel Helwani is going to be at the press conference. He's actually running it on Wednesday at the Garden. Ike, well, what are your thoughts on this promotion? Not my boy. We've had our run-ins. I think we're cool now. But, yeah, I, I'm liking that. Jake Paul's bringing eyeballs to combat sports, so he, he's, he's a winner in my book. I, I'm hoping to be there August 6th uh, at the Garden. It, it will be upstairs, right? That, that's correct? Yes, it's going to be in the big room, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I, I will be there for the theatrics, but to really spice it up, uh, I know Fury's on a quote-unquote a hiatus or a sabbatical. It's like 
I want to see Tyson a part of the press tours on fight weeks. I, I think that will really take it to the next level in, term of, in terms of entertainment and, and selling the fight. Yeah, I, I agree with you. In fact, the news that Tyson Fury has not uh, been granted uh, entry to the United States, I think kind of hurts the promotion a bit because Tommy Fury is not the biggest talker. I mean, let's be honest. He's mostly known by us and by other people because of the fact that he's Tyson Fury's younger brother. Tyson Fury is much more, you know, engaging. He's much more, you know, uh, you know, exciting in terms of the, the the theatrics he brings to the table. And I think that would be huge for the promotion if he were allowed in. But unfortunately, right now, due to his association with uh, Daniel Kinahan, the head of MTK Global, apparently he's not being allowed into the United States. But uh, They can't figure that out in the next six to seven weeks? I mean, hopefully they'll be able to. Hopefully he'll be able to hire some kind of an immigration attorney or somebody that can sort it out. Because as a fan, I would love to see Tyson Fury back in the United States to box, just to be at fights. You know, Kenny, you were there with me where he, he pretty much stole the show the night of the Lomachenko-Comey fight because he, he sang happy birthday for Bob Arum. Uh, in the ring, and the crowd was kind of going crazy for it. So he's definitely a character that brings a lot to the table for sure. Well, I'm I'm just pumped that at least we get the Canelo, uh, Golovkin at 168, uh, or is that 160? Am I correct? Is it 168? Yeah. yeah, it's at it's at 168, which is interesting because Canelo's last fight was at 175, and now he's fighting a 40 year old moving up from 160. Uh, I didn't hear much criticism about that today at the press conference. Um, I mean, to a lot of people that want to be critical, I mean, you would argue that it's a swerve from the Bivol rematch because he had a rematch clause with Bivol, and instead of going back there at 175, he's fighting a middleweight who's, like, way past his prime and up there. But I will tell you this. He did say I sat down with him afterwards. I was lucky enough. I was like, they invited me to sit down with Canelo, and I took uh, that interview, and I'm going to put that up on, on the channel later. He did say that he does plan to go back to 175 to take on Bivol at 175. He doesn't want to fight him at 168. Woo! Okay, okay, okay. So, I mean, this is smart. This is a way to cash in again against Triple G. Like you said, it's a 40-year-old Triple G coming off that huge performance in, I think it was Japan a, a couple of months ago, and now Canelo's quote-unquote stock is down because of, the optics of what we saw in his last fight. So the, the, the trilogy will sell itself. So I'll, I'm pumped for that. And I found that out through your guys' feed on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, again, I love what you guys do. Kenny, uh, I'm thinking next week, get ready, man. Get the bars ready. I don't want to hear anything that's recited or written down. I'm talking about a Freestyle Monday. I, I don't know how old you are, but I grew up on 106 and Park, man. So get the Freestyle ready and, I can't wait to meet up with you guys next week and, and learn more about what's going on in the sweet science. Until then. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's our brother Ike Feldman from NBC Sports Bet. Uh, NBC Sports, well represented here on Mano a Mano. Um, man, yeah, bro, what I will tell you is that he, he has turned – Bruce Buffer from being irrelevant in my eyes to being a clown because, um, <laughs> I mean, he did, he did tell me something that I didn't know last week, which is that Bruce Buffer actually tore his, his ACL or was it some part of his leg anyways? 
during during a ring introduction. I don't know if it was Achilles or what, but yeah, I've, uh, yeah. And the video he's referring to that I shared was Bruce Buffer announcing uh, a fight with uh, Yoel Casamayor back when he actually used to do boxing before his his entry into into the uh, the UFC. So so there you go. But uh, yeah, Kenny, what are your thoughts on that though, Canelo? Not taking the rematch at 175 with Bivol, which his team insisted be in the contract, and instead taking on a middleweight at 168 for, for his titles. I'm going to keep it consistent, man. <clears throat> That's soft as hell. I'm going to keep it consistent. Uh, look, if he wanted to step into the fire, which he did, he wanted to step into the fire with Bivol and Beto Biev at 175, and that's what he did, then he should keep his foot on the gas and continue going forward, stay in the fire. Uh, should have done that rematch as he had the, in the contract. He clearly changed his mind after he fought him the first fight. So, so, uh, maybe he did feel like a lot of uh, boxing fans felt that if he lost another time back-to-back, that his stock would uh, de- de- decrease like dramatically. So if that is the case, then it makes sense why he took the Triple G fight. But I'm going to stick with my guns and say that it's soft as hell. Although I am interested in the Triple G Canelo fight at 168 because I do want to see if it's possible for Canelo to knock out Triple G. That's probably the only thing I'm interested in about this fight, see if Triple G gets knocked out. But I would have much rather preferred to have seen Bevo versus Canelo. That's, that, you already know. I, I, I said it from the beginning. That was he needs to fight the rematch immediately, and it's soft as hell. If he won't fight the rematch, which he didn't do. So I'm gonna stick with my guns. It's soft as hell, bro. Well, what what's interesting to me too is that after the fight, he said he felt he won the fight, and then even today, like in the sit down with, with Canelo, he was asked. You know, well, you said after the fight you thought you won the fight. Do you still think that? And he didn't say yes, but what he did say was that he felt it was a close fight. Well, if this is a fight that you thought you won, and if this is a fight that you felt was close, then I don't quite understand not going right back for the rematch, uh, especially when Bavol said he'd even do it at 168. I thought that that was very intriguing, you know, putting the titles up at 168 and having Bivol come down to 168. But he said, A, he thought it was a close fight, and then B, that he wants the rematch at 175. So I don't know if the Triple G fight is preparation. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, taking care of of some old grudge. There was a lot of animosity there. There were two stare-downs that, had to be ended, Kenny, by, by like, the people involved. You know, uh, it's interesting. We got Nando on the line. Nando, uh, you live with us, Nando. What's good? Thank you for calling. Hey, what's up, Maestro? What's up, Kenny? How you guys doing? All blessed. Good, bro. Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. Hey, man, no, no, I'll talk to you. I'm going to go with you a little bit later. Um, can I see something to defend Canelo just a little bit? No, go not for it. Not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily his, like, his thinking right to a fighter, a boxer. Yeah, he probably does want that media rematch. But that's why he's paying these guys, his management, his corner, to give him good advice, right? Like, I'll give you an example of, uh, like, Shane Mosley. Twice he tried to go for the immediate rematch after a loss, and he paid dearly both times, lost both times, against uh, Winky and against Vernon Forrest. He tried, you know, 
going back with the media rematches and both times he, he lost. This is true. You know? I'll, yeah, you know, I think right now is, is right now is the time for a Triple G. I didn't really want it, but right now is the best time for a Triple G trilogy, right? Like, people are, I'm getting excited about it. And it also gives him time to kind of think it over a little more of what happened with, uh, with the B-Ball. To be honest, I think if he would have came back immediately with, with B-Ball in September, the result would have been exactly the same or worse. He would have got stopped. You know, so I think I think him putting out the B-Ball rematch. In fact, if I was advising him, I would have completely avoid it. The B-Ball did not feel his pressure at all. Did not feel his power at all. B-Ball was unaffected by his power. And I don't think six months, three months, next year, whatever, is going to change that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I didn't think that Bavol was affected by Canelo's power at all. He wasn't intimidated by Canelo. He didn't fall into Canelo's traps when Canelo was trying to invite him to attack him on the ropes. Um, you know, he he beat him with the jab. He beat him with in-and-out movement. And he didn't overextend himself uh, kind of the way that we saw Roley extend himself against Tank or that we saw Joe Smith kind of lean in to a counter thrown by a better beef in the first round. And I mean, he's, he's just a much better boxer than the guys that I just named um, much more experienced guy. And he's also bigger than Canelo. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Do you think that triple G has a shot at winning this fight? No, you know what's interesting? I was, I was, I was, I'm sorry. Can that interrupt you? Go ahead. No, nah. I, I, all I was saying was no, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, sorry. My bad. Um, I was watching the weigh-in today, right? And it just struck me how much Triple G is bigger than Canelo even, right? And I think I think Triple G is already kind of making a mistake right now. Canelo has shown that he has a bad temper, especially when it comes to Triple G. Triple G should be taking advantage of that before the fight even starts. He should be winding him up, kind of like uh, Cambosas did with Teofimo, you know? Because that, that, be, that would be really his only advantage going into the fight if he has a, a reckless Canelo trying to knock him out you know I so i think he's already making like a, a strategic mistake with that uh, yeah i agree i i think i do think triple g is trying i just don't think uh he's doing it clever enough or or directly enough uh if you see triple g's interviews with his uh you know his little fake his fake little nice guy smirk that he'd be having and, and his nice guy conversation he's always throwing undertone jabs but I don't think that's really what's gonna get to Canelo, and I agree with you. He should be put doing the uh, pulling the cambosis and trash talking his ass off, trying to get into Canelo's head to have a wild Canelo. But who knows? I've never really seen a wild Canelo. Does a wild Canelo exist? Well, no, I haven't seen that. But what, what you know, it's interesting because Eddie Hearn was trying to like incite some of that today and was like reciting quotes that Triple G, uh, or that were attributed to Triple G, where he essentially was saying Canelo's not a good person, Canelo's a cheater. You know, it was actually a little bit harsher than that. I mean, there there weren't, like, swear words there, but Triple G obviously has made it clear over the years that he doesn't like Canelo at all. But when Eddie Hearn asked him to, like, elaborate on that or say it to Canelo then and there at the press conference, he refused to, uh, which was pretty interesting to the people that were there. But to your point, Nando, um, you know, he does uh, have an opportunity to kind of play head games. I just don't necessarily think that that's part of Triple G's uh, repertoire as a fighter. I think it is in his personality. Because if you've seen some of his interviews, like in his native language, he is an asshole. He does talk a lot of shit. 
Yeah, in Russia. For whatever reason. Yeah, in Russia. Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah for whatever reason, when he comes to the United States, he just lets the, the local boxing media carry his water for him and make him out to be the nice guy, the victim. Everything else, everything's not his fault. He was robbed, right? And it seems like the, the American boxing media is more than happy to do that. They've been doing it since day one, you know? So maybe that's why he got used to, you know, giving everything forgiven, man. Like, they've overlooked everything from him, like stabbing Abel Sanchez in the back, all the all the fucking uh, empty titles he's won, the vacant titles he's won, yeah. the people he's ducked himself, you know? That never gets mentioned. They always get swept under the rug, you know? Yeah. So, I, I, go ahead. No, no, go for it. No, no, I was about to finish my talk. No, I, I just have have a couple of the quotes pulled up here. So this was back in 2018. He said, again, with Mexican meat. Come on, Golovkin said to media members on Tuesday. I told you it's not Mexican meat. This is Canelo. This is his team. This is his promotion. Canelo is cheating. They're using these drugs, and everybody is just trying to pretend it's not happening. You know, uh... It was pretty obvious when Canelo's muscles were all enlarged and with the traces of injections, which were visible. I can talk about Oscar De Loya too. He is also not clean. He's dirty. I mean, this is, the way, this is the way he was talking, like in March of 2018. So the ammunition is there. It's not like he hasn't said these things. Now he has an opportunity to bring him up. He's not, he's not, he's not kind of doubling down on it. Um, you know, maybe he just thinks that that's not not needed. Any any last thoughts, Nando? Um, I have the same mentality as Canelo, dude. Like, if you're gonna be talking all that shit behind my back to other people, just come say it in my face, man. Be a man. And yeah. I, I understand what I, for like giving Canelo a hard time for you showing his temper and everything. I have the exact same temper in real life. Who wouldn't? You know, this guy's been running you down for years, making you out making you out to be a chicken, making you out to be a drug cheat. I'd be fed up with somebody too, man. You know, I, you know. He, Triple G's lucky he's going to handle it in the ring and on the street, you know? Anyways, uh, thank you for taking my phone call, man. I appreciate it. You no, guys have no, a good day. No, please call no, back. No, no. Always a pleasure to take your call. Always. All right. Well, one, th- one thing I do want to add, though, is uh, that I do feel that uh, Canelo's fighting him at 168, specifically because he's, bi- he's bigger at that weight class, uh, has a little more uh, pounds, a little more mass for muscle and potentially would give him the power, the ability to knock him out at 168, which he did not do at 160. Uh, that's just, you know, my own personal no, well, speculation. K- Kenny, you're spot on because that's exactly what he said. He said that he doesn't want this fight to go to the decision. He said that he wants to get the knockout. And he also said in the sit-down again that he did with us that 168 pounds is his best Weight class. Virtuoso, you're on live with us. How's it going, fam? My show, Kenny T, what's going on, man? Good, good. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. Um, I just saw the the press conference today, man, and I'm like, you know, this is the second time around that Cano's gone his Triple D face. Um, If he does that again in London, do you think uh, Triple D, like, responds, like, shoves him around? Like, I I don't know. Like, it's getting kind of annoying. I know he's trying to sell the fight, but, like, I mean, they already fought two times. I don't think there, there's any, like, uh, funny shit going around between these two behind their backs. It's just – I think they're just really intense, you know. It's just an intense stare down, and they're just trying to sell the fight. So that's the way I look at it, you know. But other than that, I mean, it's still a commercially viable fight, you know. I've been hearing about uh, – 
this one being compared to Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, which I don't see why why is even up for discussion because that fight hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, well, Eddie Hearn has been asked about it, and I mean, I think he's using it as a promotional uh, touch point, really, mm-hmm. uh, where he's essentially saying that, you know, this is a bigger fight than Crawford versus Spence. This is a much bigger fight. I think that commercially it probably is a bigger fight, but, you know, whether it's more significant in terms of the landscape of boxing and what's meaningful in in the sport, I, I don't believe that that's true at all. I think that Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence Jr. is the more important fight. But, yeah, this probably is the more, like, lucrative fight. I, I, I think they definitely need to define bigger when they say bigger fight and not just say, oh, this is a much bigger fight than Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Like you said, define it. So so we, we're clear because I don't think it's any, like you said, it's in any way more significant to the sport of boxing than Spence versus Crawford. So. Yeah. Virtuoso? Yeah, I mean, the, it, it is fun disputed, but um, for the better part of like, Four years, both um, both fan bases have been on each other's neck, but um, it's only like to denigrate one fighter's like uh, ability to be more marketable. Because all all I've been heard about is how Terrence Crawford is not marketable. He doesn't sell himself to the public. Um, he's this and that. Oh, who is he being at welterweight? And now all of a sudden, that this fight, this this rubber match being made. Um, a certain segment of uh, boxing fan bases want to bring up his name to try to promote that fight over over this one. But all I've been hearing about was from uh, last I heard of some E.J. Smith saying that they're close to like 70, 75% to being made. But then I'm hearing uh, fans putting on blurbs about Crawford not once again not taking the offer. But all I've been hearing about is just is just hearsay, and the rumor, and the speculation. And I got to say, man, it's like it, it's falling behind people's interests as, as, this, as, as the days go by. Just make the fight already. Stop comparing it to, to Triple G and Canelo. It's not, it's not worth it. Uh, they're, both, they're both, you know, commercially viable. I'm, I'm going to buy both of those fights. If, the, you know, if for instance, gets made, I'll buy it, you know. But I, I don't have a problem with it, you know, with the discussion. I just think it's like. It's getting way out of hand to my liking. I just think it's kind of pathetic, really, because like these already these guys, these two guys, are already building a legacy together. While these two have been have been you know kind of sniping at each other on, on social media, and you don't hear much about that between Canelo and Triple D, do you? No, no, you don't. And in fact, there was a lot more back and forth between these two guys, but before the rematch, I'll read some quotes. Uh, for you right now these are attributed to the to the la times uh so before the rematch golovkin said you can run but you cannot hide um he said alvarez proves he gets benefits from everyone and he can get away with it commentators the commission doping commission uh president of boxing this is a very bad business not sport and then he, he went on uh to say, check him on a lie detector, and then we can find out everything. Then there won't be any silly questions about meat, fruit, chocolate. This guy, he knows. So, I mean, 
he was really, really kind of going for it uh, at, at, at before the rematch. But now he's not really doing it. I guess they don't really need to talk to sell the fight. That's what Canelo said. He doesn't really need to talk to sell the fight. He was pushing. Um, yeah. So that's why he was talking so much shit before the fight was signed and said he was fishing, trying to make sure that third fight happened by talking trash. Now that the fight is up, oh, I'm a nice guy again. No need to say nothing. Yeah. I think if he was like, if he was more like fluent in English, he talked, he talked more shit. Uh, Canelo at least tries to do it. But yeah, Triple G needs at least like to say something, you know, at least remotely to try to, to try to go him into, into, into getting emotional in the press conference. But, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not expecting it from him. Um, it's just that uh, these are just two sportsmen that are just are, are just looking to to get at each other's throat in the ring. Um, I, I, I'm actually. I'm actually kind of excited for this one. Um, the one thing I, I'll, I'll say this about about Triple G and, and his hangup with, with um, Canelo doping is that even though you you do accuse him of that, you're still trying to make business with him because listen, I, I I've heard the same level of like grievances from Deontay Wilder when it came to Tyson Fury with the hand wraps. And we all told him like, listen, man, got to get over that shit, you know, and just got to beat him in the ring. You got to, you really got to, got to take it to him, man. Uh, no excuses. You know, you can't really complain, you know, and then, and then, and then next thing you know, you got you're doing business again. You know, if he's a dirty fighter, then why, then why compete against him? You know, I, I see that angle. He want payday, payday. Payday, yeah. payday. On payday, <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think that's the main reason, and maybe he also thinks he can beat the guy, and he felt he beat him really uh, comprehensively the first time, and that he got robbed the second time. So at least that's what his fans think. Um, so you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he can get it the third time out. Yeah, I was also gonna say regarding the trash talk, they could easily have translators out there. And just have the translators translate exactly what they're saying and talk mad shit in their language and have the translator translate it. And when they're talking shit in their language, don't sound monotone, you know, like blah, 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 blah. You know, be, do your whole antics in your language, talk your trash and have the translator translate. That would, I think that would have the effect and give the fans exactly what they need, exactly what they're looking for. Regardless. They did you know what? No, he doesn't the- necessarily have to, but like, I, I would prefer him saying like, you know what? I didn't get the decision in Vegas at all. Like, I know Bivol got, got the best of him in, in that department, but I, I think I want to knock him out to, to, to really take it away from the judge's hands. That should we be going for. Yeah, and what I was going to say is that when we did the sit-down, they asked him what he thought about, um, uh, about uh, Triple G, and he said he's got, he's got no balls. He's in Spanish, though. And the guy interpreted it. You know? So, yeah. he, he, you know, in Spanish, he said pocos huevos. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he, he could, I mean, who ate, who ate out the guy that, that was trying to look for him? I mean, talk about no huevos. I mean, no, 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 aquí no hace mamadas, you know, and yet after he fought, you know, uh, Chavez Jr., even though people wanted him to fight Golovkin already by that time that happened, you know? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, look, we'll we'll see. Uh, you're a subscriber to the zone, right? Yes, I just I just re up on the zone. Um just coincidentally after after those comments made by by Bob Aaron calling it dead zone. I was like, "All right, I'm going to put my money on dead zone." You know, for this uh 
Bam Rodriguez versus Sarung Besai fight that I was I was really excited for. And man, oh man, Bam Rodriguez delivered, man. I didn't think he was gonna be that 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 um clinical of a fight, you know. I thought it was gonna be a tough one, you know, because Sarung Besai is no pushover, man. That dude hits hard, man, and that dude has wins over, you know, Tito twice. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. And others. Uh, but yeah, and I I was just fairly impressed by him, man. The guy just just displayed the beautiful footwork and had the volume punches to go with it. I mean, it was just a chef kiss. Well, oh not, a, not only the volume puncher, he actually surprised me most with the way that he was throwing power shots that were actually rocking sort sit red sore rung besides head back. Um, yeah, yeah, snapping his head back. Yeah, it was one of the things I, I I didn't I didn't think he was gonna do that I saw that I know was in the end of the fifth round was he was going to punch with him, like, toe-to-toe. And I, and I saw that. I'm like, this dude's crazy. But he handled him. Yeah, I think he felt uh, Sorong Vasai's power and decided that he could deal with it. And then he, he'd, he'd step up the, the, the attack himself. And he decided to get him up out of there. It was a very, very impressive performance. Virtuoso, any last thoughts, man? Nah, man, just uh, keep tuning in, man. Guys, if you like what you see, man, just... Uh, like and subscribe, man. This is this is these are good boxing men. You know they know what they're talking about, man. Absolutely, man. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, I wouldn't know you too. Uh, definitely, guys, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, ding that notification bell. Make sure you select the all option so you get notified every time I go live because I, I'm I'm putting together a few more things I'm going to be putting out on this channel, and uh, I'm going to be starting one of them tomorrow. I'm going to be calling it the scene. I'm going to be looking at, you know, boxing scene and, and, you know, going over the top news of the day and giving my own insights on it. So one of the best sources for information for me is boxing scene. Shout out to Keith Eidick, who's uh, the editor over there. And I'm going to be going over the scene on a more consistent basis. You also got to make sure you check out KTKO Kenny, the real KO Kenny. All right. You got to check out his channel. You got to, Tune in to his boxing recap and also make sure you check out All on the Table, the new EP that's been dropped. You got to check out all of those songs on that EP. Yes, any put in that work in terms of that EP. So, yeah, all across the board, like, subscribe, ding the notification bell, and make sure you're tuning in to everything that we are putting out. And if you are one of the people that is listening on demand, on a podcast outlet, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or Google, or any others, make sure you hit me up with a five-star review, ladies and gentlemen, because that helps me out as well. All right, so uh, put all of that together if you can, all right, and uh, keep supporting your guys, Maestro and KT, as we continue to bring you more coverage of the great sport of boxing. And I'm going to be live on scene again this Wednesday at the garden to cover the Tommy Fury fight with Jake Paul. So I'm going to look forward to that one as well. Uh, This is another edition of Mano a Mano. This was number 33, numero 53, numero 53 in French. All right, uh, to all my people up there, Montreal, the fight cappy up there north of us here in, in New York. You take that 87 north, you get to Montreal, you get yourself some good fights up there as well. Uh, any last words, Kenny? No, man, you covered it well. 
Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you like the, the video. Make sure you subscribe. You guys all have a great night. Take care, man. Love always. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. That is going to be it for us. We are out of here until next week. You guys take care. Say, I, 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 I hear you, B. I hear you, B. She was all right. You know what I'm saying? All right, 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 all but nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? You know that Garrett ain't for the hood. Turn your cheetah into Cheetos. Flaming. Nigga think he banging. I make you take your chain out of places you should tuck your chain in. But no, you can get it back if you pay him. I make you sniff a wheel if you ever think about Jaden. Quit the parading. Lighten up like Raiden. Act your age. Stop acting like you Asian. Talking like a shaman. Make this trip short like a ride around the Caymans. All that shit you saying. This nigga acting like he was balling out in Chrome Hearts. Came out with a bag smaller than some phone parts. Fuck out of here.